0: Hello, my name is Gary Mandel. I am a co-founder of Yopine, and you are listening to Paul Kemp, The App Guy Podcast.
1: The App Guy Podcast,
0: straight from your host, Paul the App Guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul the App Guy.
1: Welcome to another episode of the App Guide Podcast. I'm your host, it's Paul Kemp. Uh, I love this podcast. It, I go around the world, and I meet some of the most amazing, interesting guests so that I can bring them to you, so they can help you with whatever you're doing. And I've got uh, the founder of a wonderful software company. In fact, it's so wonderful, it will make you smile. It had made me smile many a time. It's uh, Smile Software. The founder is Greg Scown, and he is here to talk to us a little bit about some of his software and just whatever else comes up. So, Greg, it's a warm welcome to you on the App Guide podcast. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. I have to go straight into the first piece of software that made me put a big smile on my face, which is Text Expander, and I found this only just uh, last year, and it, it's wonderful. I do, you know, recommend anybody who hasn't even come
0: across this go in and check it out now. Greg, tell us about Text Expander. Sure. Well, so let's stop, start with what it is. Uh, Text Expander basically watches as you type. Um, and f- when you type a short abbreviation, can expand it into a large piece of text, uh, from very very basic. So I never type Text Expander. I type capital T, small X, and it expands into Text Expander. Um, to much more complex, where um, you know I have uh, a form set up for sending someone their serial number with some boilerplate text and a place to paste in their serial number, etc. Uh, so. You know, it runs the gamut from some very, very simple text replacement to uh, allowing you to do customized boilerplate replies that you do uh, regularly. But most of all, it saves you time. Um, you know, it just saves some of the drudgery of repeatedly typing things again uh, again. Yeah, again. I have to confess
1: to anyone who's received emails from me that it's probably a text expander with a few extra things that are put in there. So uh, I, ty- I have all these different codes that I type in. And uh, then it just expands the whole thing and does a, a boilerplate uh, template. It, it's a wonderful thing. And I've actually been using it on the iPhone as well. How's the transition gone for you uh, for you since the iOS 8 and the ability to have uh, your own keyboard?
0: Well, it's absolutely fantastic to be able to provide text expander functionality in any app on iOS 8. Uh, that's just, I mean, beyond our wildest dreams. So that's, that's just great. Um, you know, in terms of where... You know, we began the keyboard venture as text expansion software vendors, not so much as keyboard vendors. And so, I suppose that we are playing a bit of catch up in that space. Uh, our, you know, autocorrect is not as mature as some other autocorrect. Uh, but the fact is, you can switch keyboards very easily, and you have access to all your snippets in any app, and that. Really is powerful for anybody who uses Text TextExpander. Yeah,
1: so anyone who's not done it yet, go onto the App Store and have a look for TextExpander. The way I use it is that uh, it synchronizes across uh, devices, so I've managed to hook it up with uh, Dropbox. And, and then I do switch those uh, keyboards quite easily. So when I need to do a quick uh, expansion, uh, I, I go onto Your Keyboard and uh, type in my codes, which I've obviously remembered now but, because I use them so often. And uh, they expand and and it's great it means that it just reduces my product or increases my productivity and reduces the time I'm spent typing which is I'm a very slow typer so uh,
0: and, and i am i am not a fast typer myself either so i use text spinner every yeah.
1: day uh, actually have you got any um, future updates you can talk about because i can imagine like you, know, you get a lot of requests for uh, future sort of updates uh, uh you know for example like the ability to maybe share acro- across across uh, different templates and what, what
0: sort of features have you got coming up greg well we're we're certainly rolling along in development uh but we're we're kind of shy and reticent about what's coming uh you know we're we're more focused on what you have available today and then when we deliver that's when we can talk about what's uh what's new and exciting um but certainly uh we are moving forward with Texas spinner development uh, you could expect uh, Major version update sometime this year. And uh, we continue to move forward with the what iOS. What about the Apple well, Watch? Come so. on,
1: Greg, tell us. If you got, uh, I can imagine that would be actually uh, perfectly aligned to, uh, given that you're not going to do much typing on the Apple Watch.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I don't know exactly what the fit of Text Expander in the Apple Watch would be um, in the sense that there is no keyboard there. So, uh, you know, your, your input options are basically siri or from your phone um and so that i'm not so yeah, sure i guess that's one bridge too far so yeah oh you know we'll we'll, we'll get we'll all get there and we'll all get there together i'm,
1: yeah, sure. I'm sure you'll invent something now you've got a, a lot a lot of listeners uh, listening to this show now who are working at, and want to start up their own software company and i want to talk a little bit about you know, your journey with Smile Software, because uh, when I was introduced to you through, um, you know, your colleague, uh, he did say that there is a reason why you call it Smile Software. And it's because you want to put a smile on people's faces. And I just wondered, like, what's your journey been like? has uh, you know, would you recommend anybody start their own software company? What have
0: you learned? Let's, let's talk about uh, you, your journey with Smile. Okay, sure. So, Um, Well, out of college, I I worked for Apple for four and a half years. In the last uh, year and a half, I worked for them in a research and development site on mainland China, Um, and I ran a small group there. We shipped software uh, that actually went out worldwide, so we shipped file exchange for macOS 8, Um, and that was just a fantastic experience. I came back to Cupertino and and found that it was quite difficult to convince someone that they should hire me on as a manager for a team of eight people at 25 years old, so that didn't go so well (laughs) on the return. Um, I I mean, I had a delightful time at Apple, uh, but I decided that having done that, I would either want to lead a team inside a company or I would want to go off and work on my own. Uh, So I gave that a shot, and uh, I found a buddy and we worked on a product for about a year and a half, uh, and we failed. Uh, We didn't ship, it didn't meet its goals, and uh, and pretty much uh, we did not succeed. Um, and so the, thus began the, the two-year period of going back to work in order to make money, in order to be able to try again. Uh, and so the second try was uh, I shipped page sender in April of 2002. Uh, and that initially was software to send e-faxes from the print dialog. And quickly people said, okay, now it needs to send faxes. And so I found a way to get it to send faxes via modem. Then, now it needs to be able to receive faxes via the modem. Well, that was page center 3, et cetera. So that one took off. And uh, you know at that point, I, I became the indie software developer that I wanted to be. Um, Macworld of 2003 rolled around, and that was when I met Philip Goward, who is uh, my current business partner and the co-founder of Smile. And shortly after that Macworld, uh, we got together to collaborate on Disc Label, which is Smile's uh, second product, and then in MacWorld 2004, we shipped PDF Pen. Uh, now, Text Expander is kind of interesting because Text Expander we acquired; uh, we did not write the original version of Text Expander. That was written by Peter Maurer, uh, and at the time it was called Text Pander, uh, which is a bit of a trick to say. So we we added a, added a syllable and made it a little easier, and. Uh, So he wrote the software while he was a medical graduate student in Freiburg, Germany. And uh, what happened was I was using another piece of software at the time to do that, to, to do text expansions. And it stopped working when the Intel Macs came out. And I had a development Intel Mac, and I was trying to do tech support on it. And I didn't have a text expansion utility, and I was dying. I mean, really, it was... Once you start using one of these things, it's just impossible to get work done without them. And so uh, what happened was uh, I found this other utility and I tried to pay for it and had trouble paying for it and wound up having to contact Peter through one of his colleagues. And in the meantime, said to my business partner, said, gee, if we could buy this, you know, I think we could really make a hit out of it. And uh, we, we lucked out. We came to terms. A few years later, Peter came to the developer conference out here, and we've been good friends ever since. So Greg, that's a fascinating journey. and I have to pick up on one of the themes,
1: which is it runs throughout my entire series uh, is problem solving. and you've you've uh, almost found this problem yourself, figured it out, then gone around solving it. Uh, would you would, you know would you agree that that it's important to try and f- identify these problems when you're working and doing your own stuff. And then actually expand on that and uh, move that
0: towards your own business. Oh, absolutely. I mean, solve a pain point. If it's a pain point for you, even better. But it could be a pain point for someone else that you notice. So Center uh, was a pain point for me because in order to try and be an indie developer, I was living outside the United States at that time. I had to be able to fax. And faxing was a pain. And I wanted to be able to use eFax, but that was a pain. So... Solved one of my own pain points, and that that really helped. Disc label was a little different. I was watching people make labels for discs, um, and I, you know, people who were actually bothering to make sticky labels that looked nice, and they were using Microsoft Word or they were using Photoshop, and you know, these are two extremes of poor choices for that particular application, uh, and so you know, that was born of solving a pain point, and and then PDF Pen actually was the transition from one pain point to another so faxing for the I don't know I would say for the more tech savvy crowd at the time was kind of waning even though the product itself was doing okay Uh, we wanted to be able to say all right we can turn around on a PDF and be completely paperless about this Um, and so thus PDF pen was born so um, why uh, did
1: you choose the name Smile? Uh, wanted to know, was there any particular reason? Was that just something
0: that uh, was in, on the spur of the moment? Is there a story behind that? So I, I, I was looking for something that was simple um, and straightforward and had sort of an obvious logo. I mean, at the time, it was just sort of a, a swoosh of a smile. Uh, and, you know, I, I figured that, that that might work out well I, and, you know, it's something that wasn't normally associated with computers, even at the time. And then when Philip came along, he was uh, doing work as on my Mac. And so for about ten years, we were Smile on my Mac. Uh, however, about four years ago, we realized that we were shipping software for iOS devices, and we didn't want anybody to feel particularly left out. So we, we dropped the on my Mac part in favor of just calling ourselves Smile. Uh, although our, our domain is SmileSoftware.com, in part because. It, Exclusive or sorry, a reclusive uh, uh, tennis multimillionaire in Western Massachusetts on Smile.com. So <laughs> yeah. no chance there. I'm you, want, you want to listen to it? I've tried. If, if you're listening, you know, and... and and it's possible. That's great, but if you still want six figures, then kind <laughs> yeah.
1: <of language? laughs> well, that actually is like the whole startup scene. Almost like everyone I've interviewed on this, uh, you're, you're probably unique in a way that you've actually got a domain name that seems quite reasonable without dropping any vowels. <laughs> but every startup yes. seems to have, uh, you know, a new way of spelling a, a, the word because the,
0: the .dot com's gone. Well, I think I think you might want to try the public radio test. So, and this this is interesting. I mean, I didn't think of this at the time, but I've thought of it since because I listened to, uh, you know, the, the sponsorship slots in the morning on the radio. And if they have to spell your domain name, you failed, <laughs> basically. You, you need to pick a domain name so that when they say it in the spot on public radio, they just have to say it and then they're done. Uh,
1: so there you go. I'm going to challenge anyone listening to this now. If you're starting a business or if you're running a business, can you say your name in one go um, on the radio? <laughs> so...
0: Correct, absolutely. If you can pass that test, then you are leaps and bounds above. Yeah, your I'm going to have to right? actually
1: chat to my uh, one of my sponsors. I do have to keep re-spelling uh, the uh, gummy cube uh, <laughs> domain, so maybe uh, they can come up with it better. Anyway, so uh, but the, the the other thing I was just going to ask. I mean, you've been doing this now for quite some time. You know, you had a great start with Apple, and you come back, and and we're talking about what sort of very early two thousands, two thousand and one. Uh, is it has it the journey? You know, it's been. Fourteen odd, fifteen years. Has it been worth it? And would you recommend people get into this space, do their you know do their own thing, start their own company, or, or is it uh, too much of a roller coaster? And you need to kind of make people aware of just how tough it
0: is. Sure, it's it's a great question, and I think it depends a lot on you um, and what your expectations are. Uh, you know, I think that probably I would be terrible in an office environment now having spent so long working on my own I mean uh, so one thing that may be interesting about Smile is that we actually all work from home Um, and so we don't have an office we don't have a central location Uh, you know we have folks who are in uh, you know Montreal we have someone who's in Cuernavaca so we're, we're pretty broadly based and I love that you know I mean I'm content to work from home I love the flexibility of being able to sort of throw a little laundry in and deal with it in the middle of my day. Uh, But, you know, some folks don't care for that. And, you know, you definitely want to think through how do you want to work and does what you have in mind for how you're going to work fit what your expectations are?
1: Yeah, just, just on that work from home, a lot of, again, the audience are looking for this lifestyle. I mean, I also work from home. I've spent years working in an office environment there are things that i miss there are things that are exceptionally wonderful you know i mean i promote the idea of working from home have you got any tips for anyone who is working from home to to try to avoid some of the downsides with downsides which is you know not being able to switch off uh, you know not treating your home as as, as you, you just can't you know leave at the end of the day and leave all the work it's kind of around you all the time any ideas or tips that you know from all the years you've worked from home
0: I may not be the best one qualified, I'm something of a workaholic, but at the same time, the the way I've put it, you know, uh, somebody asked me, like, do you have work to do? And I I will usually respond, it's like, that's just the wrong question. There's always, always, always work to do. The question is, do I want to be working right now or do I want to be doing something else? And maybe finding the sort of internal compass for yourself about, do I want to be working right now or do I want to be doing something else? And then allowing yourself the freedom to make that decision, you know, on an as-needed basis. That's uh, finding comfort in that is is a huge part of the process, I think.
1: So, Greg, there's two things uh, we need to do before we say goodbye. Uh, one is that we do try to explore pain points on this show. Uh, we love to try and figure out, you know, new pain points so that we we can actually build apps that would or software that would actually solve those pain points. And I wondered. In the last months of you, you know, working and uh, going around day to day, are there any particular pain points you can think of in your own business that we can talk about and maybe flesh out an idea to write some software to solve those pain points?
0: Uh, Sure. I suppose that one of the areas that, one of the things that we use as a tool um, is that we use Google Drive and we use Google Documents and overall they're very nice, but the Web-based search interface for Google Drive is abysmal. It's just absolutely horrible, and I always access it using search, and the search is not that great. Uh, so, you know, someone who thinks that, you know, God, why would I want to write a front end to a Google service? You know, Google is their Google, right? Uh, but I wonder if there might be some space there for making Google Drive and Google Apps for Work work better for the people who use them.
1: Yeah. Now, the thing I've got a problem with, with Google Drive. And so, OK, we're talking to the app developers now, right? You're going to solve these problems. And I love Google Drive. I've used it, you know, since they've come out with it. And the big challenge I have is that I'd like to share audio. Uh, I do these little audio personal messages to uh, people that contact me. And I often record and record it and upload an MP3 to Google Drive. And then share that link. First of all, trying to share it, it's a little bit awkward, but, you know, okay, they've improved that in the app. Uh, the challenge is that whenever you share, like, um, an MP3, it's it not guaranteed that any everyone will be able to play it. And it's also really awkward when you access it from a phone. It looks like you have to download the link. Sometimes it doesn't play. Uh, if it's a larger file, it doesn't play and doesn't play all the videos. Yeah, so then you have to do the plugins. So, so I think some kind of integration would be terrific. Don't you agree?
0: Oh, I can see where that would be really neat. Yeah.
1: So there, and ironically, Google going to Google Drive. It's not very good at search. You think if there's anyone that would have been pretty good at cracking that, it would have been Google.
0: <laughs> that's that's true. I, I the irony went completely yeah. over my head. Well, there, yes, I have
1: yes. to say there is something really cool. I don't know if you've ever up. I mean, no one's ever using this. Let's face it, but Google um, Plus. And if you upload your photos into Google+, there was this feature early on where you could search through your photos by name so, and actually describe what you're looking for. So uh, show me photos of mountains. <laughs> and it would actually take, you know, so I uploaded every single photo I've ever taken. And uh, I could search for mountains, dogs, uh, uh, blue sky, all this kind of these descriptions. And it would actually bring up all the uh-huh. images. But of course, it doesn't do that in Google Drive
0: right right so okay
1: let's google drive and the final thing is greg that uh this is a show about apps i'm hoping you've got a smartphone close to you somewhere and maybe you could uh, recommend one or two apps that you tend to
0: use in your uh business or personal life uh maybe the app that i would recommend most offhand would be runkeeper uh so for any of your audience who are runners i just i love runkeeper runkeeper is just fantastic are you going to get an apple watch Oh, I, I'm pretty sure I will. Mo- mostly to to actually wear on my wrist while running, so that I can look at how I'm doing. Because honestly, strapping the phone to your forearm, not so great. No, no I've been doing that for some
1: time now, and uh, uh, yeah, I, I actually, I mean, if we're talking about running, and because I do run as well, have, have, have oh you wonderful, a- have you actually found any headphones that would be suitable? You know, because uh, I mean, obviously I run with just the. Um, uh, earbuds and the, the the wire flapping around. I tried these Bluetooth uh, LG headset, but they kept falling out. Have you found any solution to running with uh, good headphones?
0: Frequently I don't run with headphones. Frequently I don't run alone. So, uh, you know, usually I'm chatting with, with whomever I'm running with. But uh, I did see something that might be promising. Uh, and Brett Terpstra had a thing this week on headphones that were built into a sweatband that he's using at night when you know when he goes to bed so you can just leave them on after, and its music will turn off but it occurred to me i was like "Ooh, that might work really nicely if you're running right we're going to get the of course it all, it also might make you look like richard simmons but <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, we're going to get the link for that greg and put it in the show notes so everyone listening go to the appguy.co go to episode 256 with uh, greg Scown, and you'll see links to runkeeper and to all the things that we've mentioned the, the text expander well, i'll put a link to that as well with uh I believe I've got a promo code as well, which I could offer. And uh, Greg, how best can people get in touch with you or your company? What's the best way of of reaching out?
0: Sure. Well, so we are smilesoftware.com on the internet. We are also Smile Software on Twitter. And then I personally am MacGreg, M-A-C-G-R-E-G, on Twitter. And so my Twitter handle does not conform to the public radio thing, but...
1: I don't know. It's pretty close, Matt, Greg. I don't think I have to spell that. <laughs> so, Greg, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much. Do you feel like we covered everything uh, with regards to your software? I know there's a lot of different things. Was there anything else we you feel we missed about Smile Software that is worth just reiterating?
0: Oh, I think I think we covered quite a bit. I really Yeah, Greg, it.
1: thanks very much for joining us on the show and all the best with uh, the next uh, 15 years odd.
0: Oh, thank you. I look forward to it.